And I feel like that could have that people could mistake that. They're uh. like, oh, I'm going to watch this movie because her brains will end up in her bra. Not accurate. Yeah, no, no sorry. No brains on in, in the in the bra. Not but in this there film. are actually false advertising. Seriously, there's really nice sorry, boobs guys. in the bra and you get to see those boobs. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where two unlikely gore hounds delve into our horror movie notebook from college in which we meticulously kept track of every film we watched in the horror movie section of our local video store in our quest to learn how to survive and to ensure we end up as, as the, the final, final girl. girl. Join Julia and Marion as we revisit the classic and obscure horror VHS we viewed and logged in our notebook, breaking each movie down one by one, speaking out over all the ghastly minutiae, and ultimately illuminating the path to survival. And when she turned her eyes to me. Hi. Hey, everyone. Um, <laughs> Julie's having a moment singing. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. Uh, we are the first podcast from any She's popcorn. just blinded by science. Sorry. I'm sorry I was thinking about Thomas Dolby. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a That's podcast. That's a great music video, too. Switch Thomas Dolby off. Sorry. Where we Come at? back to the podcast. We are on Horror Movie Survival Guide. I am Julia. <laughs> I'm Marion. Uh, we are the first podcast from Indie Popcorn recording at the circus. This is episode 56, titled All Her Brains Are in Her Bra. And we will be talking about 1981's Bloody Birthday. And this title is not literal. And I feel like that could have that people could mistake that. They're uh. like, oh, I'm going to watch this movie because her brains will end up in her bra. Not accurate. Yeah, no, no sorry. No brains on in, in, the, in the bra. Not but in this there film. are actually false advertising. Seriously? There's really nice sorry, boobs guys. in the bra and you get to see those boobs. So. Julie's going to be talking about that in a little bit. So you know okay, I will. I'm listening. Uh, so the tagline for this film is the nightmare begins with the kids next door. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it was directed by Ed Hunt. Okay. Uh, the French title for this film is killers of the eclipse oh, okay and mm-hmm. the german title is children of the devil children of the devil that's pretty generic germany it is come on maybe be a killers little bit more specific no that's what they do there they change the titles of literally everything and they make them as simple as possible <laughs> like my friend is a lot of shows too over complicated there. yes that's no very seriously funny. like huh. they like to get them to one word and preferably like one syllable words uh, i see okay just for marketing it is insane that's very funny interesting mm-hmm. i kind of remember the cover art to this one because this is the one where like the fingers or the candles is that right do you um, remember this cake one? it's just i just remember a cake oh okay i thought there's i feel like there's certain you know there's certain like cover art that you remember of movies VHS that you were yeah art. and i thought like this one was like there was a hand and the fingers were the candle but maybe i'm misremembering that um uh, i was talking to somebody about the podcast and i was saying you know we had this notebook that has all the stuff in it and they're like how did you know what titles were in their book and i was like oh we counted them and they were like you asked them for a list? And I was like, no, we just sat on the floor in the video store and just like wrote down all the titles. Like real big nerds. Yeah. Like, what's and the they problem? were like, you sat on a VHS like video store floor? It's weird. <laughs> like, well, we are very weird. Uh, yeah, I, was I don't say. think it's that weird. Does that make me weird? I feel yeah, like I've, that's, sat, that's why you're I've here. sat in dirtier places I than like, like the floor oh, of yeah. it, you know? It's like one of those things where like it's because the kids have the internets now. They don't understand what it was like to like, to, like go, go and like, get like a microfiche. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> and what, what, what the owner of the video store must have thought just to see us sitting there over there. I mean we eventually purchased something so it's not like we were just yeah. hanging out yeah we got it we had like uh, a nice like deal where like she gave us movie posters and she's stuff. probably happy you catalog stuff for her she probably didn't even know yeah. <laughs> I know she's like I own that ma- I have that many oh good to know thank you gold star video <laughs> thank you so much so the beginning of this movie takes place uh, on June 9th 1970 uh, where a doctor arrives during a solar eclipse to deliver three babies by three different women they're about to be born um, and it's going to be two 
two boys and a girl. And I like that, like, the doctor walks in and the nurse is sort of looking at the solar eclipse and he's just like, well, a crazy day to deliver babies. Let me go do it. And then the, and once they go inside, that the camera kind of holds outside the hospital and, like, up in the sky. And then the babies are born via voiceover. Mm-hmm. Like, you just hear you him, see like... the eclipse. Yes. And you hear the... All the, and I was like, that's an interesting choice. Is that to, I don't know. And then we'll just time jump 10 years forward. Exactly. 10 Uh, years later. In Meadowville, California, Mm -hmm. uh, where we um, we see this couple making out. Just a random couple making out. In Um, a graveyard. Yeah. We get tits in the first like minute. Yep. Which I always love. That's the kind of picture this is. Um, And this gentleman, he makes airplane noises as he puts his hand down towards her crotch. Here's the thing about this couple. This is the couple where I feel like like these people literally met five minutes before this thing was filmed and it's it's an awkward makeout. I feel like sometimes it's like you could tell they just found a couple but it's like they just found like two cute people and you could it's just awkward like the whole thing's awkward he's making noises that are I not sexy like noises I would to make smack and, someone's hand away and be like no okay we're done now because yeah, what is that you need to stop that I don't know what I don't know what that's that's native um but then they decide to make out in an actual grave yeah what no what? What no, is that? No. I under- I kind of understand making out a graveyard. I haven't done it. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. I'm sorry. No. I don't I don't know. I haven't really I don't know how you do that. You have to like break and enter. It's like a whole thing. But making just but, be there late and oh sorry. Well, I <laughs> guess like if you went to like Sinespia or something. <laughs> Terry's eyebrows just went up and down. You can go to Sinespia and then totally like, go to wander, Sinespia wander and make out yeah. out there like. But that's during not a movie. what this this graveyard yeah. is not Sinespia. This no, graveyard this is, is like graveyard. Janky. For those of you not here in Los Angeles, Sinespia is a place where you can go watch movies in a graveyard yes. all summer long. They play them on Saturday night typically. Yeah. It's amazing. And they get a bunch of stars and celebrities often from the films. Anyway, yeah, back but to you guys. No, but people making out there like hundred percent. But this is sort of a janky and then they're like, let's these like let's move this thing into this hole in the ground and you're just like no probably not probably not it's so gross but they do uh and then out of nowhere they get shoveled and they get jump roped and uh so she is strangled with a jump rope he is shoveled to death um and then they just start pushing some dirt in the grave yeah and they're like thanks for thanks for this and i feel like if you're trying to do it in an open grave you're asking for it so i'm like you can't be upset later when this doesn't work out for you so horror movie survival guide tip yeah don't make out in a grave no don't don't do anything in a grave like just no don't don't fall in one don't jump in one to investigate no like none of those things deep also going to be how are you gonna get out that's a good point Mm mm-hmm Really you bring point. like a little like step ladder and like I know. <laughs> you take a friend like BMX bandits. Oh yeah, and then you Nicole Kidman got out of it. That, that's very true. No, I guess if you had a friend, that's I suppose that's true. So, so then, then we oh. see Joyce. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wrote down my notes for Joyce. The first time we see her, big headphones, astrology chart, seven up sandwich bonanza. Seven. That's so funny. I the first when I saw her, and this bears out more later in the film. She's so Laurie Strode to me. Yeah, like her whole vibe is super. So it's like bookish, brunette, soft spoken, quiet, kind of shy. Has the improbable best friend that is the polar opposite of her like wears kind of ugly slacks right you know it's just like it's a cute girl wearing incredibly hideous clothing uh yeah it's like it's just it's super Lori strode um she catches her brother immediately after the murder sneaking in through the window and i think we're meant to think a little bit of a red herring mm-hmm. like what and he was like what are you what are you doing nothing and just kind of um and their parents are out of town conveniently so she's like in charge of him um so then we uh cut to a school and the next day she is uh going to this elementary school class and the teacher she's the ta she's the i that's the impression i got because i was like why is this teenager showing up at this elementary school yes i think so um and she shows up to miss davis's class 
uh, which is like a fifth grade classroom. And the sheriff is there holding the jump rope from the murder the night before and asking if any of these kids recognize it. Is it any of theirs? And then he sort of kind of tries to explain to a bunch of 10 year olds what murder is and what happened. Does anybody here know what murder means? Mm -hmm. It's an intense thing to say to elementary school kids. Yeah. It's an intense thing to say to anybody. I'm sorry. I feel uncomfortable just now. Uh, I don't want adults to explain this to me. So Um, we meet Curtis, who's kind of like a know-it-all. Billy Jacoby. That's one of the glasses, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Who's incredible in this film, I have to say. Yeah. He's Um, having a real good time. And then Debbie, who's like the little cute little blonde girl. She's also very good. And then Steven, who's a little more throwaway. A little more throwaway, yeah. And those are basically the three kids that were born during the solar eclipse 10 years previous. So, so they're this like, is the three think of thieves because they share the same birthday. Exactly. And, and they are, bond. and uh, the sheriff who's there asking the questions, uh, Debbie is uh, her, his daughter. Um, and so I like when the, you know, doesn't really get much of an answer. So the sheriff leaves. And then these 10 year olds are ballsy enough to be like, hey, Miss Davis, it's our birthday party coming up. Uh, can we not have any homework? Because it's our birthday. And she's like, no, like you're having, and they're like, oh, okay, thanks so much. Eyes as they walk away, mm-hmm. like you're going to regret that choice you later. You just signed your death warrant. Right. And so this idea of like Joyce's younger brother, Timmy, possibly being the killer is immediately thrown out because in the first 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, oh, it's these three. These three are cl- clearly the killers. Yeah. Like this is, this is definitely what's going on. Uh, and Debbie has so so sleazily is pimping out her sister. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. You take it away with this with this whole sequence, Julia. Okay, I, this, gladly. This, this yeah. sequence is delightful. I know. Um, I was like, this is Julia's favorite part of this movie. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, so it's uh, the three kids. So, so Debbie has cut a hole in the closet that you can see into her sister Beverly's room, played by Julie Brown of uh, Just Julie fame uh, mm-hmm. on MTV, and uh, is she is getting undressed in like the slowest. <laughs> Danciest, like this sequence, bounciest. This is why people. I've never s- bounced so much dressing in my whole life, but apparently this is how gotta, Julie Brown does gotta, this. You got to jiggle a little bit I when you get dressed. I guess so. So uh, she was kind of known for you. Guys. I'm doing it wrong. She's hot, she, and in this movie, she's hot. Like you, she is full on naked, and I'm like, ah, kind of. Yeah, she's beautiful. Um, and like this was this is why this movie did well. I can guarantee you yeah. is that like they have like. A minute and a half of like a girl, thank a girl kind of dancing around. This is why people are renting this VHS yeah. is just to watch the sequence. That's what VHS was about. Yeah. It was like, let's lowest common denominator. We got gore, <laughs> we got tits. Like, what do they want? Yeah. Um, and so the, the the boys, who too young to be watching, to be honest, but yeah. like, you know, it's a little strange. But Debbie's making some mad change. Yeah. So she's charging them a quarter for like a peek through the hole in her closet into her sister's room. But her sister will never notice because all, all of her, her brains, brains are, are in her, her bra. bra. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's where, that's where that comes from. Um, yeah, when you're um, that much smarter than your older sister. Yeah, um, and so I also like that they're they're sort of the way this movie is kind of doing killer kids, evil kids is just sort of like they have no moral scruples. Period. So it's not just about murder. It's like pretty much anything like yeah. make a quick buck like this whatever they're just they just have no cares like right. no that's just out for number one totally. I I have them down as psychotic voyeuristic astrologically fueled child killers yeah i think that i think that's that's basically it that's yeah bloody birthday that's bloody birthday nutshell. yeah basically i like um, that though what a fucking weirdo like they're because they were born during an eclipse it's like an astrological yeah well later on joyce kind of breaks it down a little like bit they're more born during saturn so which they is have blocked. No, no emotion yeah like they try and kind of but i mean I will, you know, there's some interesting things about Bloody Birthday, but I will say that I find this kind of premise of why the kids are killer kids pretty weak. Um, it is little the, shop of horrors, you guys. That's true. Total, Total eclipse, eclipse of the, of the sun. sun. Mm-hmm. 
But I feel like you get like a you get like just a you know, a huge array of like interesting characters and strange people in little shop. And like you have a killer plant from outer space, you know, it's, yeah. it's just sort of a lot more than just like three kids and murders. I, and- well, I, 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 I think I, would, I felt like both Debbie and Curtis are really great. And like, I, I as really the actors or the characters as the character. Okay. I and mean, they're good actors. Yeah. You know, like I be- believe them as mm-hmm. like killer kids. Mm-hmm. Steven, they don't really do much. With. Agreed. Yeah. But like they, I was like, all right, like I buy these kids. Yeah. Like, they look evil. They seem like they've like figured everything out. They're yeah. like three steps ahead of everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're like how they're going to do it. And like, so they, they stage the death of uh, Sheriff Brody. Yeah. Debbie's by, father. Planting a skateboard. And then they come out and then Debbie has the, the jump rope he's been looking for. Yeah. And he says, how do you get it? And then Stephen comes out and just bashes him in the head with yeah. a fucking baseball bat. Right. And mm-hmm. then they stage him as if he fell on the stairs. And like right. that's the end of it. I'm like, well, it's in broad daylight. No, totally. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely pretty ballsy. And I, I also like, too, that I, the character of Timmy is kind of an interesting character in this film because I feel like there's that point where they're kind of trying to move the body and Timmy kind of rounds the corner. And I felt like he saw them yeah. trying to move the body. But then Debbie sees Timmy watching them and is like, mom, mom, daddy fell. And like, you know, does her whole like little kid shtick. And I couldn't really tell if, like, we're meant to think that Timmy's like, what? Or if he just, because later he, like, goes to, like, play with them and seems like he doesn't really, or if is, or is it just, like, he's 10, so he's not processing the, it, the way that, like, adults would. It's right. just like, oh, well, that seemed weird, but probably not. But okay, let's play. Yeah, like, I couldn't I tell know. because he's supposed to be a normal 10-year-old and they're, like, screwed up 10-year-olds. So like I couldn't really, you know what Timmy, I mean. Timmy makes some dubious choice, choices. He in this does film. make some dubious choices, um, uh, including going to play in the junkyard with with the boys. Yeah, because and, they they have the funeral for the sheriff, and then the kids look at Timmy and are looking at each other and like that kid's got to go. Yeah. So they're like, "Hey, we're in a junkyard. Hey, let's play. Hey, it's 1981. Why don't you hide in the fridge? Which is like everything your parents told you not to do." Um, and they lock him in the fridge. And they're and like, bye. It's an extended sequence of him trying to get out. Get of out. There's a lot fridge. of like kid panic yeah. in that scene. Um, but he gets out in kind of a clever way. But, you know? you, but then I feel like there was that moment where like you see it on his face that like he's changed now. Like yeah. now he's like been through some shit where he's like, yeah. okay, I could have died. Right. It's Screw these two. This fucker's fault. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So he goes home and he tells Joyce like kind of like what happened. Um, and Joyce yeah, has that has more of the conversation about like the alignment of the planets and like all this kind of stuff. Um, I also enjoy how at the very end of that sequence, we see the treehouse for the first time mm-hmm. and we see that Debbie is keeping a murder scrapbook. Yep. Where she's cut out like articles about and pictures of the people that they have killed, yeah. and, like memories. If you know, you, if you're a murderer, probably don't do that because then when not. like they come to your house and they see that, they're going to be like, "Oh, it was this person." But like, is that the is that the part where it's like they're kids? So like they're not hundred percent thinking. I think you got to mix in some other murders with those murders, like in your scrapbook. So then, right. like, it, it looks like you're creepy. That's what they always do, though. That's how they always get them, though. The murder scrapbook. Yeah, yeah. but if you like, if you do other murders in there with him, then they won't know. Then it'll like confuse people. Then they'll just think that you're just a kid who's just obsessed Ooh. with the violence that's happening exactly. in the town, mm-hmm. but not specifically these, because then it just points to you, right? Yeah. But you're, you know, you're ten. What do you, what do you? Yeah. About? No. Um, can I also mention that there's a scene, one scene with Joyce and her like cute teacher who she's kind of into yeah where she's like oh maybe everything's kind of predestined and he's like why don't we get a coke and talk about it and they're like 
She's like, I can't. I got to go help Beverly. And and then we never see that guy again, again, right? Yeah, I know. That was I was like, like, what was the point of that scene? What? Just cut it, man. There's another scene coming up like that. Yeah, I was like, what? We'll get to that. Yeah, okay. Um. So yeah, the, so the kids also steal the sheriff's gun, which is kind of upsetting. And then Curtis uh, decides, I presumably because the teacher did not give them an off day on homework, mm-hmm. that she's got to go. Yeah. And so he wraps, he takes off his jacket and wraps her on the gun like a silencer. Why does he do that? And shoots his teacher so no one will, because he shoots her at the school, right? Yeah. So like no one will hear, it's I guess. It's not going to muffle the noise and yeah. you've just ruined your coat and you have a bullet hole in your coat that's but, also going to point to you. But he's 10. I know. So, But I do like the cleverness of you do it in the room where there's all the paint yeah. and she's been cleaning up paint right. so the sponges have are like right by the red paint. Yeah. That's clever. That seems all right. But I also like, too, that then the kids go outside kind of to play right afterwards. And Timmy comes over and sees Curtis and punches him in the face. Yep. And I was like, that's for the fridge, you dick. Yeah. Like, how dare you? Just like pummels him. Yeah. As you would. I'm as like, you right would. On as like 10-year-old boys would do and yeah. how they fight. So Joyce comes and discovers Miss Davis's body and is like, oh, this is not good. And we have sort of a a little bit of a red herring sequence where like t- Timmy sees Debbie in her treehouse and she's like, hey come up here and play with me. He's like, all right. And so he goes upstairs and he's like hanging out and she's almost going to like push him off. Because he's and... sitting on the edge like a dip. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and so uh, the kids also, uh, they make an attempt, their first attempt to kill Joyce as well because I guess she figures that Timmy told her so she must know, so she's got to go. Or because she discovered Miss Davis's body and yeah. she, maybe she's suspicious. I'm not really sure. But she um, comes home to a note on the door that's yeah. like, hey, I'm playing at the junkyard, even though you told me not to. And yeah. she's like, I got to go down to the junkyard. Yeah. And that sequence is my favorite sequence of the film. Okay. Um, the I, car chase. I, I do. Yeah. So there's this, It's. I mean, it's the, the setup for it is absolutely ridiculous where like she's basically wandering around the junkyard being like, Timmy, Timmy. And then <laughs> like this car one of those again horrible 70s like the you know the classic like the these boats are, these boat cars that you're just like wow um how did anyone park that thing um the two boys one of whom has a pillowcase over his head with eye, eyes cut out and can i just point out that this okay so we have kid with pillowcase who's uh-huh. driving the car uh-huh. same year as Friday the 13th part two yeah with oh, jason right with it's a pillowcase on his head what is with it that's not scary no it's not was that scary in 1981 i guess they had two kind movies of? who tried yeah they tried real hard to make Did that you know a thing. that jason doesn't get his mask till three yeah what mm-hmm. what my mind is literally i don't even know what to do that's so iconic of yeah you know. how did i not know this when i was watching these movies those movies for the first time and i didn't realize that too and i was like Wait, so where'd the mask come from? Because we were like two movies in and there was no hockey mask. And I was very confused. I'm like, That's but crazy. But, well, but what? But Friday the 13th just doesn't give a fuck. Man. Yeah. Nope. They don't care. Make it up for ourselves. Um, but yeah, the boys basically chase Joyce around in this enormous 70s boat car. And um, the car's proximity to this actress is really frightening. Like, and I she do, did her own stunts. Yeah, she did all her own stunts. And this thing is chasing her and it is hot on her heels. It is going fast in a very narrow space and she'll like round the corner and the car will crash into something where she was just standing like two seconds over. My, my hat is off to like whoever coordinated that whole sequence because it is very real, very frightening. Um, and I think the scariest thing in the whole movie for me personally. And I like her. I think she's a, she's a mm-hmm. cool fun final girl I yeah think she's unusual mm-hmm. yeah I think in also, a normal kind of way in a super normal kind in a kind of a, yeah in a Lori I think in a Lori Strode kind of way these sort of like super soft-spoken just you know kind of like I don't understand I also like that I feel like that kind of final girl 
it takes them a bit to kind of put it all together because they're such a good girl. Yeah. Like their brain can't go that dark. Mm-hmm. So I think that even though there's Joyce will make several mistakes, more to come, but I feel like she can't quite put it together because like, but they're kids. Like yeah. no way. Of course, of course you know, not. where I think if you had more of a savvy final girl or leading character, they would be like, um, hundred percent. Like it's, the, it's these kids. Like, like if Beverly, Julie Brown's character yeah. was like the person she'd be like, oh yeah, no, you're all going down, yeah. you know? But I like that the choice to have it be kind of a good person kind of makes the like realization a lot slower. Um, so we have, uh, then we have this like random van sex couple, which is a like, movie. It was Ed like, Hunt. Come on, Ed Hunt. They're like, we need more tits. Yeah. How do we get them in? Yeah. We have this random van sex couple. There's just, cause I, Curtis is just walking around stalking the neighborhood with just, his, the sheriff's gun yeah. still. And it was like, well, I can't kill Joyce and Timmy right now. Oh, hey, Van Sucks couple. Like, so they're just up out for, they're just bloodlust. It doesn't matter who, right? Yeah. It's just whoever they come across. Right. Which again, I feel is a weaker idea to have kid killers. Like I like that it's sort of kid killers were like adults or authority or whatever. Because like, you know, it's like the worst thing about being a kid is always being told what to do, right? right? It's like, you're not the boss of me and blah, blah, blah. So if, you know, you take a kid that has no moral scruples and anyone who tries to boss them, you're done okay, that's some scary stuff. Every parent's nightmare. But I feel like if it's just a kid who's just like bored outside, you know, kicking a ball with a gun in his pocket and was like, yeah, I guess I'll kill these two people. I don't know. It just seems not as, you know what I mean? Okay. It's just like not as grounded in something that's already an actual fear. It's I, just like stuff you made up, you is know? Is it supposed to be that's like, their power or their bloodlust is like ramping up towards their birthday? Is it like they've only started killing now towards their 10th birthday or they've been killing people forever and we just don't know i don't i think it's that because uh, later remember joyce has that thing where she talks about how the the sun and the moon blocked saturn during the eclipse which controls the emotions yeah. i their emotions i think or you know these kids lack of i wonder if like the planets are aligning that way again so maybe like up until their, this point they were normal okay and then like as the planets are reaching that alignment again they're like twang okay and like they had that when they were babies but like you're not doing like baby murders you right. know like they're still like they're why has nobody done that man <laughs> baby murders baby murder well ba- well i guess we're gonna get there we are gonna get there aren't we <laughs> um so yeah so basically it leads up so he just randomly kills these two people in a van which i doesn't really do a great deal for me but he just like opens the van and shoots them and shocking and thanks curtis mm-hmm. um and then it's the birthday party uh presents cake mom's birthday speech mom has a birthday speech oh. about missing the dad the sheriff dad <laughs> to be led away in tears. Yeah. Um, and Curtis, again, like I feel like, you know, you're right. Stephen does get sort of the short shrift in this because like it's really Curtis and Debbie. It's yeah. all about Curtis and Debbie. Curtis realizes, you know, obviously Joyce is trouble and she might say something later. So they come up with this idea for her to not be believed he gets her to think that he's poisoned the cake. So she's that crazy woman that's running around and smacking cakes out of everyone's hands. Like, no, he's poisoned. He's poisoned. And then he hasn't. Like, his dad but, takes a bite but, and it's fine. But we we don't know that as the audience. We right. think that possibly really he has poisoned the right. cake. Mm-hmm. But no, it's all a ploy. Yeah. So, that it will so be she'll like, lose credibility. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thinking um, so far ahead. I know. It was like, Curtis is like all, a few steps ahead. Um, but then this is one of the other secrets that we uh, we were alluding to earlier, where at the end of this, and, you know, Joyce is very frazzled, they have this fake scare 
where her boyfriend comes out of the closet and is like, hey, babe. And they have this whole crazy talk about their future together. I'm like, who the hell are you? We're 50 minutes into this thing yeah. and you just showed up. He's never, she's never mentioned it. Not him. at all. He you like, know? she has, he like is surprising her from college. Right. So he like sneaks into her house, hides in the closet yes. and then jumps out. Then they make out. And then Joyce, and they talk about their futures. Which like, I, maybe I I'll do this job. Maybe I'll do this well, job. I and I'm like, movie, what are you doing right now? It is, it is weird. But I, I think, I, I, I kind of like that scene, at least on, maybe they, because they thought Joyce couldn't have this conversation with Timmy or like, I don't know what, but just like says, nine characters she could have this conversation with. I know. So she says she wants to be a reporter. Now that's what she's decided. She's not going to go to college. But it's it's like a final girl. Like I've been pushed. Like now life's different. Like I've mm. seen some shit and like I can't oh, just go to college okay. and be like a normal college girl anymore. I like see. now I got to take it to the next level and do what I want to do with my life. I Because I see how fra- fragile life is. Oh, I see. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. I mean, I think that. But who really, the fuck is Paul? Exactly. You know, who and also he no cares about Paul, you know. And then yeah. we never see him again. No. It's not like he comes in and now he's going to like help her through the rest of the movie. Yeah. I thought maybe or he'd show up at the end and it would be like Hellraiser boyfriend yeah. where it's like ding dong. Oh, what are we fighting monsters? But yeah. like, no, Paul's just like gone forever. And yeah. So weird. Yeah. No, I wonder with these random characters that are just like one scene, never again. I don't know. It also kind of, it feels a little bit like, you know, you're, you're 15 days in production of your movie and then new pages were delivered and all of a sudden we're casting for the role of Paul and because someone's just decided decided that like she should have a boyfriend she needs to talk i just feel like she could have had that same conversation with beverly or even with her brother timmy and i that whole thing is just weird and pointless and very confusing um but speaking of beverly she finds debbie's murder scrapbook and looks through it and it's like what the hell is all this stuff um and she burns it yeah um because she has found out that mm -hmm. about the peephole Yes, money thing totally so she's already not happy with her yeah, sister you're and the then, creepiest little thing in the entire world i'm also gonna burn your murder book uh but of course that's only going to make her totally debbie's like uh curtis steven you guys gotta come over we got business to do um, so uh De- beverly's in her in her room being sad with her like stonery boyfriend who's just like getting <laughs> yeah. high doesn't give a fuck yeah and they start making out but then sure. I like the sequence because I like like Debbie Debbie with a huge bow and arrow and just kind of like taps the wall on the other side to get her attention. So she comes closer and closer and closer and then looks into it and then... But the shot you have to understand, guys, is literally a 10-year-old with a bow and arrow in her own closet, just like kind of aiming a little hole for her sister and arrow in the eyeball. And yeah, I'm like, movie, you're outrageous. Um, In her nightgown? Yeah. And she's like, oh, sweet. And then she she comes around and I, I, I really like that she... Puts paper towels underneath her head so that the blood won't get on the carpet. Yeah, like what a little creepy ten year old thing to do. To be like, I'm gonna have to clean that up later. I better yeah. like. And then when Stephen and Curtis come over, they're like, "You did it without us." And she's like, "Shut up, help me clean up." And they just like dump her in the alley. Yeah. And then it's like cut to another funeral, and that poor mother is like, who just buried her husband, is now burying her teenage daughter. And so mom has super to be super distraught, carted off to the funny farm for totally. a bit because mom has lost. Yeah, the crackers and uh, and Debbie is definitely. I feel like the boys are doing are playing it more just like we're killers, kid killers, just kid killers. And Debbie is definitely playing the like innocent little girl card. Like yeah. she's she makes that switch a lot where she's like, oh, but oh, I'm sorry. So like the funeral, she cries and pretends to be really sad, and the other boys just kind of sit there. And so she's really playing that card. So she asks Joyce. To babysit her, like while her mom is gone, <laughs> I thought like horror movie survival guide tip. Um, even if you don't think this little girl is up to something, if a little girl has two murderous best friends, she's a murderer too. Yeah. Like that's that's just that's well, just she, true. Like no no little kid has two murderer best friends and is not also up to no good themselves. Yeah. yeah. Well, she she seems to be like 
tr- not like she doesn't care. I don't feel like she, like she's the the most evil. I feel like I she, agree. She feels like she's willing to throw Stephen and Curtis under the bus at any point. Totally to save herself. Totally. So it's like they think that maybe they're all equal, and she's like, Oh, oh no, no, I'm like, in charge. Yeah. I figured out how to get out of it, and yeah. you guys are disposable. But thanks for helping. Yeah, no, it's really helpful because I don't really want to carry bodies in the alley. So thanks, guys. Um, aren't the police just going to realize that the blankets from their house? Yeah, totally. No, of course. But I think Debbie's plan is always to ultimately blame Curtis and Steven. So it doesn't matter. Totally. Okay. It could always be like they did it, you know, because she'll talk her way out of it. So she does invite invite Joyce and Timmy over to babysit and the kids just go gazork on them and like chase them with a gun and again, try and strangle them with the jump rope and just, you know, fully attack them. And and Curtis has like rigged the alarm, like the old school alarm system that they have. Metal fuse box. Which must just like manually like lock everything and he's like rigged it so they can't get out and mm-hmm. like it's bullet bulletproof glass right and they can't get out and yeah and joyce gets pretty vicious like she throws a lamp at debbie's head yeah. and i'm like wow okay um but eventually curtis runs out of bullets um and the police do, and debbie escapes and i like when debbie escapes her mom has just like pulled up yeah and she she runs into her mom's car and her mom's kind of like what's going on what's happening and then her mom and she kind of tells her mom this lie about like oh the boys went crazy and i feel like the mom has played it like she knows. Yeah. And she just kind of looks at her daughter and puts the car in reverse and backs away and just leaves that situation and just takes her daughter and goes. Yeah. Cause I, 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 I don't know if she, if she, if she knows, but I feel like not consciously, maybe. No, but I just yeah. feel like she just doesn't want to hear anymore. Yeah. Like uh-huh. she just, She's like, not okay, I lost my, fa- I lost my husband. I lost my other daughter. We're just going to, we're just going to go. We're just going to leave. Yeah. So they should, they, Stephen and Curtis get taken in. They get yeah. hogtied. They get locked in a trunk, taken into the police, mm-hmm. thrown under the bus, yep. as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, Curtis has his creepy smile like in the back his, of the squad I love car. His, his creepy Joyce smile. looks at him. He just kind of smiles at her like, gosh, wasn't that fun? Yep. Um, I'll be seeing you in a few years. How seeing, about that? Seeing a bit. Um, and then Debbie and her mom are kind of like starting over a new life with new names. And, and, and this also kind of makes me feel like she knows is because, you know, she's like, you know, we're going to, it's going to be good this time, right? Like nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. And she's like, no, mommy. I'll no. be a good little girl I'll now. Little and we've, girl. See, we've seen her playing with a jack, with a, a, a huge car jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as they drive away, they pan over to the truck where they're, she has taken the jack out of a truck and smashed the trucker beneath. Yeah. Yep. So it's all going to keep Credits. going. Credits. Yeah, no, it is. So where's the sequel to Bloody Birthday? That's right. Children of the Corn gets Debbie's nine Revenge. sequels. I know. Bloody this Birthday. This is like set up for a sequel. It is set up for a sequel. And yeah. we got nothing. Nobody's interested. Um, <laughs> sorry. So I wonder why. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm interested. Yeah. Fair if, they, if they made it now, like Debbie's Revenge, like I'd watch that. Yeah, actually, that would be interesting now. Um, but then the premise is different because then they're not kid killers. Unless it's like Debbie's kid. Yep. She has a kid. And she knows. So the kid's got to outsmite her. Yeah. And, like, and it's like, I used to be a kid killer. And you are a good kid. Look, at we're just like full of ideas, Julia. Yeah, we're going to write, write stuff. Yeah, yeah. we're going to write it. I know. I'm going to stop doing this episode so I can start writing right now. <laughs> uh, gore factor. One, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, a puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, bathtub of blood. And five is run for the barf bag. We gave this a two. A puddle of blood. Yep. Which is basically it. Yeah. The arrow in the eye is kind of gnarly. It was kind of gnarly. Um, it was funny and then gnarly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, so we have movie ratings. Uh, one, if you're desperate. Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. And five, fantastagorical. And we both gave it a three. I don't know how to stick with that three now. Really? Yeah. I think I'd go a little bit more towards two. I feel like I'd keep my three because I I like uh, the Julie Brown 
dancing sequence because it's just weird and hilarious. Uh-huh. Um, and I like the kids a lot. I mean, I like Curtis and I like as characters. Debbie, I do, yeah. And I, I like Joyce. Yeah, Timmy. I don't know because like also like Timmy never tells Joyce like they like try to choke him with a garden hose. Yeah, and he never tells them like Debbie's in on it. Like yeah. he kind of knows. So like, what is he doing? I don't know. Yeah, I think that's. I think that that's true. I guess also too. I I like those characters. I wish those characters the impetus for why they're killers was stronger. Okay. I feel like it's a bit weak sauce to be like Solar Eclipse makes them evil movie you know Mm -hmm. so I kind of feel like you know a bit more but I do like the idea of Debbie being very clever and Debbie always having this idea of she's fully aware of what she looks like to the outside world and she uses that Mm -hmm. it's like she's aware that she's a cute little girl and so she's like blink 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 Mm -hmm. you know to get herself out of things and I think that's more creepy than being like a kid who likes to strangle people with a jump rope yeah um where they just they know they fully know Mm -hmm. and it's super scary um so next week next on our week. ongoing saga of uh, killer kids, mm-hmm. this we're going towards killer babies. Yep, there it is. There it is. Someone made a murderous baby movie, and we watched it. And it's called "It's Alive." It's Alive from 1974. Uh, so that's what we'll be doing next week. We Sounds see terrible. You. I can't wait. Oh, Terry, <laughs> you're not wrong, Terry. You're not yeah, wrong. No. Oh God. No. <laughs> see you then. Yeah. See you then, guys. Bye. Bye.